0: One of the nine symptoms of BPD is a frantic attempts to avoid real or perceived abandonment. A fear of abandonment is a primal fear. It's not possible to get rid of it entirely. It's actually essential for human beings to fear abandonment because it's a driving force in all of our connections. This fear can either interfere with our relationships or reinforce them. Now, nobody likes being abandoned, but being abandoned when you have BPD hurts to such an extreme degree that it's hard for the average person to comprehend. Many of the triggers for people who identify with borderline personality disorder are tied to a deep-seated fear that their loved ones will leave them. This episode will help you learn how to deal with the fear of abandonment and find a way out of the self-isolating patterns that arise when this fear overtakes your life.
1: Ready to pop the question?
3: Flushcare.com slash weight loss. this focus is supposed to be
0: scientific. Welcome to Back from the Borderline, the podcast that helps anyone who identifies with symptoms of BPD overcome their biggest obstacle, themselves my name's molly and it's my mission to help you break free from your self-limiting beliefs and self-sabotaging behaviors so that you can more deeply connect with yourself other people and the present moment once you join me you'll realize that anyone including you can come back from the borderline hello everyone welcome back to the podcast i hope you're having an amazing week today we're talking all about of abandonment as many of you know we've been kind of taking it back to basics the last few weeks we're just going in depth into borderline personality disorder and some of the main components and i thought what better way to do this than to kind of go through symptom by symptom for the next few weeks and we're going to be going in depth and i'm switching up the format of the podcast coming up and i want to prepare everyone for this As you know, I work incredibly hard putting these episodes together. And so I'm going to be shifting to a framework where I make the first half of the episode available for free and halfway through it will fade out. And if you'd like to unlock the rest of the content, you will need to become a premium subscriber. And you can do that by visiting backfromtheborderline.com, or you can go to the episode description of this episode here and click the link. I pour hours and hours and hours of research and work into these episodes and the only way that I'll be able to scale this and continue offering this high quality of content is if I start ramping up my ability to be able to charge for my work, as I'm sure all of you understand. So with that, let's talk about what we're going to be diving into today. We are going to be talking about first, what is a fear of abandonment, then how does fear of abandonment relate to BPD? Why do people have a fear of abandonment? Then we're going to go into some actual examples. What does frantic attempts to avoid abandonment look like and actually present like in people with borderline personality disorder? Then we're going to dive into the role of toxic shame and how that plays into the fear of abandonment. Understanding the five stages of abandonment abandonment addiction, and then lastly, we're going to be talking about healing abandonment issues. Now before we jump right into it, I am going to play a couple of listener voicemails that I thought tied perfectly to today's subject matter of fear of abandonment, and these voicemails are actually both from premium subscribers of Back From The Borderline content, and If you want to send me a voicemail, you can actually go to backfromtheborderline.com and do that there. But let's hear this first voicemail from my premium subscriber, Madison. Hi, Molly.
3: It's Madison. I'm 23 and I live in Colorado and I'm sending this voicemail because I wanted to share a personal win from the past week. So me and one of my friends had been Discussing getting a place together for the past couple months, and we'd been looking into places and going on some showings and stuff. And then she texted me the other day saying that she decided that the best decision for her was going to be to live alone so she can really focus on school. And when I got that text, it definitely caught me really off guard, and I caught myself slipping into a an emotionally reactive state. And I literally <laughs> closed the, my text app and was going to go on like Instagram and Facebook and go block her on everything. And I saw my phone background, and it was the quote that you shared was your phone background. And it said, Create space between your emotions and your reactions, choose love. And seeing that made me just pause for a second and think about what my desired outcome in this situation was, and I was able to respond calmly. So thank you for sharing that tip. It shockingly worked so well for me, and instead of creating a huge fight, uh, we talked it out responsibly, and we created more connection instead of disconnect. So thank you.
0: You're so welcome, Madison, and I'm so proud of you. I love that you changed your phone background. I still have that as my phone background. Create space between your emotions and reactions and choose love. I found that these simple mantras are really helpful and effective for me, and they're sometimes a lot easier to remember than really in-depth, like, DBT acronym skills, which are great too. But if you really just focus on... Give it a second before I react and what is my desired outcome in this situation? Do I want to blow up my entire friendship with this person or do I want to just wait until the boil of my emotion simmers down and then make a choice from my heart about what I want to do? And I'm so proud of you for doing that. And this voicemail is so timely for our episode on fear of abandonment because I'm sure many of you can relate to being in a similar situation as Madison, where you had your heart set on something, and then a choice that someone makes throws that off course, and it's someone that's very close to you, and it could be so easy to interpret, if you were in Madison's shoes, her friend's decision as something that's rejecting her, something, making it about ourselves, right? And saying, oh, they don't want to be with me, they don't want to love me, I know everyone's going to leave me. And a situation like that would be so easy to trigger our deep-seated fears of abandonment and rejection sensitivity. And you can tell so clearly, Madison, how much work you've done, and I'm just so proud of you. So the next voicemail that you're going to be hearing is from Jenna.
4: Hi, Molly. This is Jenna. I'm 21. I'm from California, and I'm one of your premium subscribers. I just wanted to share that your openness about your relationship with Zaz and all of the different aspects of it has been so helpful to me. Um, my partner and I listened to some of your episodes together, and you know, your work has just built such a strong foundation between us and helped us really improve our relationship. Um, so I wanted some advice because, you know, we've been together for about three years and we're young. So now we're starting to plan to move in together and get more serious and take the next steps. And, you know, in that planning, I just have been feeling so I just have this anxiety that he's just going to. You know, one day decide that I'm a horrible person and leave me or just he's going to realize that I'm a terrible person or one day all of his love for me is just going to go away, which I know is absolutely ridiculous, but it's just like that's how my brain works. I'm so afraid of him abandoning me, even though he has done nothing. Love me and be so patient and gentle with me and reassures me every single day how much he loves me. It's just that fear is in my brain and I really, you know, and I know it's probably a problem with self compassion, but I just wanted to see if you
0: had any advice on that and,
4: you know, if you have experienced that. Anyway, love you. Bye.
0: Hi, Jenna. Thank you so much for this voicemail and it tees us up perfectly for this episode on. DPD and our deep-seated fear of abandonment. So what is a fear of abandonment? Put very simply, it's an overwhelming worry that people close to us will leave. And Anyone can develop a fear of abandonment. It can be deeply rooted in a traumatic experience you had as a child or even a distressing relationship in adulthood. And If you fear abandonment, it can be almost impossible to maintain healthy relationships because this paralyzing fear can lead you to wall yourself off to avoid getting hurt, or you might be inadvertently sabotaging your relationships. The first step in really overcoming our fear is to acknowledge why we're feeling this way. So many of us who identify with BPD, or even CPTSD, complex trauma, it's all wrapped into one really, is becoming aware of our self-sabotaging behaviors, of the behaviors that are keeping us stuck. For so many of us, we have been in this spiral, this self-destructive and self-sabotaging spiral our entire lives, and we weren't aware of it all. It's almost just like life is happening to us rather than, we're feeling like we have control, and so what this podcast is for, and how we approach recovery at back from the borderline in little my little sphere of the world here, is shining a light on these behaviors with self compassion and eradicating that toxic shame, but becoming really hyper aware of what we're doing and becoming conscious of it because once we're conscious. It's so much easier for us to start spotting when these things happen and as Madison so expertly described in her voicemail at the beginning of this episode, we can start going, aha, I see myself going into this spiral, I can feel my fear of abandonment being triggered, I see what's going on, I'm zooming out and I'm going to put some space between these big BPD emotions and my reactions and I'm going to choose my reaction. I'm going to choose love, choose connection instead of disconnection. But when we are spiraling in this fear of abandonment, we're often unconscious of it. There are different types of fear of abandonment. You might fear that someone you love is going to physically leave and not come back, or you might fear that someone will abandon your emotional needs but either of these types can hold you back in relationships with parents, partners, or friends. A fear of emotional abandonment might be less obvious than physical abandonment, but it's no less traumatic. We all have emotional needs, and when those needs aren't met, you may feel unappreciated, unloved, and disconnected, and you can feel very much alone even when you're in a relationship with someone who's physically present. If you've experienced emotional abandonment in the past, especially as a child, you may live in perpetual fear that it can happen again. I relate deeply to the concept of emotional abandonment, and I'm sure many of you out there listening can as well. I was a child who lived in a household where all of my basic needs were met, I considered myself to be a pretty privileged child. I came from a middle class upbringing. Both of my parents were school teachers. I always had enough to eat. I had clothes on my back. But what I often lived with was a deep sense of emotional disconnection. I did not feel like my parents cared much about my emotional needs. If I expressed large displays of emotion, I was often rejected. I had a mother who was not very physically affectionate or and did not mirror back my emotions. And this is something that I always felt like made me feel like maybe I wasn't that great to have around. And I think that I really internalized that feeling, which led me to probably in my life believe that that's how everyone would feel about me. I think as children, if we do not feel welcomed and loved and validated by our own parents how can we expect anyone in the world to validate us and so many of us carry that belief that something's deeply deeply wrong with us into our lives and it creates a lot of dysfunction in our future relationships and we continue to play out these traumatic patterns without being consciously aware of them and this causes this abandonment anxiety in our relationships and this may look like us being afraid to let ourselves be vulnerable in a relationship or we may have trust issues and worry excessively about our relationship and that can make us really suspicious of our partners i used to obsessively go through my partner's phones emails looking at every single like and even looking at their search history on Instagram, looking at their Explore page. And in time, these anxieties and this constant hypervigilance can actually cause our partners to pull back from us. And this perpetuates the cycle because obviously it's confirming our own fears. But as you can see, this fear of abandonment and then these clinging Paranoid behaviors that stem from it actually cause this self-fulfilling prophecy To occur in our lives, and this is what we're going to try to unpack today So what are the symptoms of fear of abandonment? If you fear abandonment, you might recognize some of these symptoms and signs Maybe you're overly sensitive to criticism You have a difficulty trusting other people difficulty making friends unless you can be sure that they like you taking extreme measures to avoid rejection or separation having a pattern of unhealthy relationships getting attached to people really quickly and then moving on just as quickly to someone else i used to you know, really get super deep into a relationship really quickly. And then as soon as I got what I call the ick, I would almost have like a backup plan relationship in mind and I would be able to move on really fast. Another sign and symptom of fear of abandonment would be difficulty committing to a relationship, working too hard to please the other person, blaming yourself when things don't work out rather than just thinking that, you know, some relationships don't work out. And lastly, staying in relationships, even when we consciously know that it's not healthy for us. So what causes a fear of abandonment? If you fear abandonment in your current relationship, it may be due to having been physically or emotionally abandoned in the past. So for example, as a child, you may have experienced the death or desertion of a parent or caregiver, you may have experienced parental neglect, you may have been rejected by your peers in school, you maybe went through a prolonged illness of a loved one, or maybe a romantic partner may have abandoned you suddenly or behaved in an untrustworthy manner. These kind of events lead to a fear of abandonment. So how does fear of abandonment relate to borderline personality disorder. As you may know, one of the nine symptoms of BPD is frantic attempts to avoid real or perceived abandonment. You only need five of the nine symptoms to be diagnosed with BPD. This means it's entirely possible that someone with BPD may not experience this particular symptom, but fear of abandonment has come to be known as the cornerstone of BPD, and for most people, including myself, abandonment fears are at the core of their BPD and affect most of these other symptoms. Now notice that in the criteria, it mentions frantic attempts. It's not really just enough to simply fear abandonment. As we mentioned at the beginning of this podcast, everyone has a little bit of a fear of abandonment. No one wants to be abandoned. But if you have this trait of BPD, you will be actively doing things to avoid abandonment. Frantic things. So what does that mean? It can present differently for different people. As we always talk about on this podcast, people with BPD are unique individuals. The way that we all experience these symptoms and signs are going to be so wide-ranging. Not one person with BPD is exactly the same as the other. I found this really great Blog post from this Tumblr called Beating BPD. And I'm going to read a little snippet of it because I think it does a really amazing job of describing this fear of abandonment and how it manifests in someone who identifies with BPD. So this person writes Sure, everything we feel when we have BPD is more extreme. But why is fear of abandonment so particularly intense that makes it a diagnostic criterion? I was talking with my friend about this, and we have a theory. Part of it involves the identity disturbance so many of us struggle with. We're so desperate to define who we are. We cling to labels. We reinvent ourselves in hopes other people will like us. We mirror the people around us. We don't feel confident enough to have our own identity because A, we often hate ourselves, and B, no matter what identity you settle on, someone out there will not like you for it and being universally approved by everyone is kind of my goal because the sheer thought of someone not liking me terrifies me. So when we have some kind of relationship with someone, we cling to them. Our relationship becomes an integral part of our identity. I don't know if I'm extroverted, introverted, serious, or a dorkosaurus rex, but I for sure know that I'm so-and-so's friend. We define ourselves by our relationships, we belong in this group of friends, we're so-and-so's partner, etc. So we frantically monitor everything we do and say in these relationships to ensure they don't end because when we lose a friendship or relationship we're losing part of our identity if you have a bad falling out with a friend or partner you can still come back to yourself you still have a sense of who you are that's not defined by someone else's presence but if you have bpd you don't have any identity to go back to you may feel lost distraught like there's absolutely no way you can go on so we freak out We constantly ask for reassurance that our loved ones won't up and leave us. We act desperately to ensure that the relationship is intact. We literally cannot imagine how we would live without that relationship. Abandonment is more than abandonment. It's a crisis of identity. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt
1: gift from Blue Nile.
2: So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch.
0: $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promo rate for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I thought this blog post was so profound. And I really strongly believe that fear of abandonment and identity issues in people with BPD are very strongly connected and I can identify so much and relate so much to this blog post about how our entire selves get wrapped up in our relationships and the fact of life is that people are in our lives for a season, a reason, or a lifetime. I'm sure you've heard that phrase said before, but for those of us with BPD, I think we lose sight of that. People are going to leave us, whether that be passing away, whether that just be moving on into different parts of their lives. and. Coming to grips with that and understanding that that's just a natural part of life and part of the cycle of growing up and becoming an adult is a really beneficial thing for us to get comfortable with. It's not easy either, but I think so many of us that identify with BPD have this childlike mindset of wanting to cling to everything, wanting everything to stay the same and not understanding that people grow and change, including ourselves. And I'm this is me calling myself out here just as much as calling you out listening to the podcast. We need to call ourselves out on this behavior because it really keeps us suffering. Marsha Linehan herself, the creator of dialectical behavior therapy is a Zen master. She practices buddhism and part of buddhism is really releasing attachment to things it's a really important thing to start getting a grasp on and start having a more grounded sense of reality in so to understand a fear of abandonment we really have to understand how this develops part of a fear of abandonment is the physical reality of being alone if no one else is around to distract you then you're left with your own thoughts and this can be terrifying when you struggle with something like BPD. It can feel like our thoughts are not our own and they can feel out of our control and we might have thoughts of paranoia, self-harm or loneliness or the big empty as I like to call it. And we might fear of what we'll do if we're alone, whether that's substance abuse or hurting ourselves in another way. And having other people around can almost feel like a shield, like a barrier between you and what you might do. And people that identify with BPD, as we mentioned before, can struggle with our sense of identity. And by having other people around us constantly and giving us that reassurance, we have the opportunity to mirror their identity and use them as a basis for how we should act. And Alternatively, we might just focus on pleasing them. We can put all of our focus on being what they want you to be. It's an easier way to exist. If you think about it, being able to kind of perform for someone else and be the perfect girlfriend, boyfriend, partner, whatever that may be, is a lot easier than having to sit with your own scary thoughts and figure out what you want from life. And Aside from just the physical act of being alone, we can touch again on this concept of emotional abandonment. This can feel like feeling abandoned when a friend starts to get closer to someone else, or maybe them starting to pull back on communication for another reason. I know in my life, for example, if someone goes dark on me in a text doesn't text back right away, My first instinct is to think that something's wrong with me or that it's something I did. And 9 times out of 10, what I've realized as I have progressed in my recovery is that it has nothing to do with me. But as we talk about so often on this podcast when we are in the pits of our BPD behaviors, we really are convinced that we are the main character of the entire universe. And that's actually a really painful way to live. When you develop the capability to zoom out and realize that most people are not all that concerned about you and that they are just really focused on their little world, it can relieve a lot of that pressure. People who identify with BPD and have this fear of abandonment are going to attribute any kind of distance that someone's trying to create between them and the other person as something that's wrong with them. It ignites our self-hatred and our self-harming behaviors. And alternatively, we might just grow paranoid and suspicious of the individual that's trying to create some space, believing that more is going on and that people are somehow pitted against them. And this is how a lot of the paranoid thoughts come out for people with BPD. I absolutely get tied into my own stories if I send a message to someone at work and it's maybe pointing something out and it's kind of a a, maybe an email that I'm nervous to send and I don't get a response right away I will immediately assume that the person is mad at me that they're talking about me behind my back and again nine times out of ten I'll get an email back from them 24 hours later, and it will just say something very simple like, I'm so sorry, I was actually out of office yesterday, and I am like crashed back down into reality going, Molly, did you seriously just spin out for 24 hours of your life, thinking that this was all about you, and my coworker was just out with their child sick for the day. It's crazy how much time in our lives we lose by spiraling out in these paranoid stories that we create in our mind because of this fear of abandonment. So why do people have a fear of abandonment in the first place? When we're studying psychology, we often speak of this nature versus nurture debate. Are we born a certain way or are we raised to be like this? Criminality and developmental issues and mental illness can all be questioned in light of this debate. And the short answer is, is that everything is a mixture of both. Our DNA and our heritage make up a large part of who we are, but it takes specific situations to release them. And through twin studies, which is obviously the study of twins, we can see how one child can develop traits of borderline personality disorder, and maybe the other one doesn't at all. It's all a matter of the right ingredients and the right conditions to like cook these traits and bake them into our mental programming. And some people will go through all of the events, the same events as another person, and never develop a fear of abandonment, and others will, and we can never really know precisely why. It can be a matter of someone's biotemperament, We've discussed this on the podcast before, maybe you're more emotionally sensitive, more emotionally under controlled or over controlled, can be genetics, it can be a matter of our resilience factors or something else completely out of our control. But nevertheless, a fear of abandonment is often shown to stem from some kind of childhood emotional neglect or loss. And this kind of loss can be the death of a parent, or a parent leaving, or a divorce, but it can also just be an emotional loss. Children are very easily molded by their surroundings, and things that may seem minor to us as adults can have a drastic effect on how children are shaped and learn to function. So when we hear the term neglect, our mind usually goes straight to extreme poverty or extreme abuse, but we have to consider the impact of emotional abandonment on children so some examples of emotional abandonment that can exacerbate and lead to this extreme fear of abandonment that turns into a bpd trait later on in life are ridicule so were you ridiculed as a child where there was there a lot of poking fun and jokes and then saying like oh you're too sensitive stifling their emotional expression so for example when you tried to express yourself or speak to your caregivers and parents about how something affected you emotionally when you're a child what was the response to that another example of emotional abandonment is when your parents might treat you as your as their peer instead of treating you like a child you felt like your parent treated you as more of a best friend And the other example of emotional abandonment is holding extremely high standards, not allowing you to make mistakes and be human as a child and learn and grow. And many of these behaviors will actually stem from our parents' stress or their own internalized emotional abandonment, which is causing them to repeat the cycle with their own children. But whatever the cause, the importance is not in finding blame and blaming our parents, but instead finding the roots of this and addressing it so that we can move forward as people who are recovering from BPD and break the cycle once and for all, especially if we have our own children or are planning to have our own children and want to develop relationships with the people in our lives. I spent a good chunk of the beginning of my BPD recovery process Much of it was documented in some of the first episodes of this podcast. If you go back in the very beginning, processing this really deep seated anger and resentment towards my parents. And as I progressed in my recovery, I realized that one, it's healthy to have that anger. I needed to get through that part, but in order to move to the next phase of my recovery, I had to forgive and move forward and accept that my parents are messy fallible human beings that were shaped by their own very abusive and neglectful upbringings as well and really just decide that i was going to be the cycle breaker of my family and part of stepping into the role of the cycle breaker was to zoom out and not personalize the situation so much and by personalizing it was that kind of like woe is me feeling what what would my life have been like if I wasn't raised this way? And there's no point in me feeling that way. Stepping into the role of a cycle breaker is saying, look, these are the cards that I was dealt. This is what I've got to work with. I am a human being. My parents are human beings. All I can do is move forward and grow and learn from here, and I will not perpetuate this cycle any longer with the people in my life or my children, my children in the future. That is the kind of outlook we need to develop if we really want to move forward from these feelings and fears of abandonment. So as the long-term listeners of the podcast know, I do love a deep dive on Kiora or Quora, however the hell you pronounce this website's name, and also Reddit. I like it because people just go on there and really write their true feelings about things. It's not always just like a psychology.com or psychology today article. I like going on and hearing people, real people, share how some of these symptoms of BPD affect them. And I found this really great answer on Quora to what's an example of a frantic attempt at avoiding abandonment as seen in borderline personality disorder. and this answer is from someone named becca boyett and she typed it up on january 31st 2021 and her answer to this is well it depends i have bpd and i will do one of two things or both in no specific order again depending on everything leading up to Like if I feel my significant other is not giving me enough attention or I feel unloved, uncared for, and it's just a matter of time before they leave me. So I will either call them out on it and then continue to pick everything apart in our relationship. I'll link all of their red flag behaviors to my evidence proving that they're about to leave me or cheating or are fake and don't or never did love or care for me. So once I've gathered enough evidence, I ask them if there is something wrong. If I'm doing something they don't like or making them unhappy and depending on their reaction if I'm either satisfied that I'm overthinking it all or I keep asking until I am satisfied it's just coincidence or I keep picking them apart so that I push them into leaving me or I've had enough to leave myself. It will eventually all build up because once something is flagged, I'll continue to just obsess on the negative aspects and won't even be able to see any positive at all anymore. Inevitably, causing them to be unhappy because I'm unhappy, on edge, not fun anymore, and I smother out any good and life in the relationship with my obsessive need to pick apart, analyze, and overthink everything. To the point I cause what I'm fearing or trying to avoid most, abandonment. Or I leave first to guard myself from being hurt worse before I'm more attached or invested into the relationship to avoid the immense feelings of unbearable heartache later on. My emotions are too intense, it's very hard to keep from being suicidal after a breakup. Another thing I'll try to do even harder is to be more of a perfect girlfriend by pampering and showering my partner with gifts, massages, food, money, etc., giving up or not even thinking about my bills, jobs, or needs entirely. I'll make myself entirely homeless and lose everything I own to make sure my significant other is taken care of and most likely will later blame losing everything on them just to basically be a martyr or a victim and not at all the fault for the downfall of our relationship. There is so much to unpack here and I think this particular paragraph just sums up these fears of abandonment all in one with these identity issues and the paranoid thoughts and the stories that we tell ourselves when we identify with borderline personality disorder. It's all right here in this this little excerpt written by Becca Boyett. We all are convincing ourselves that we are freaking Carmen Sandiego on a mission to find out and be primo investigator, detective extraordinaire. I know all of you are nodding, (laughs) going, if you identify with BPD, guaranteed you are a damn good collector of all these red flags and evidence. But the problem is, is that when we are wrapped up in our stories and we have in our mind this dead set feeling that we are going to be left and that the person is cheating on us is that we are no longer thinking with our wise mind. We are no longer seeing reality. And so all of our investigative behaviors are being filtered through these paranoid, fear of abandonment thoughts. And when we are wrapped up in that reality, how do you think that the experiences for our partners? When I look back on when I was behaving exactly like Becca in this this uh, paragraph she wrote here. This was me, to a T, and I don't blame the partners that I was with for feeling so confused, trapped, and like really emotionally abused, and really loving me, but also kind of having to pick between like their own sanity and their love for me. I can really empathize with my past partners in reading examples like this. But then i can also really empathize with myself and i think it's important so so important as people who identify with bpd and we're unpacking these the deep-seated causes of our abandonment on one side and then also how they've how these like patterns have played out and perpetuated throughout our relationships and just give ourselves a huge hug and say you were not conscious of this behavior It was just traumatic reenactments throughout your life that it happened, it's in the past, but you have the ability to stop it in its tracks now. You are aware of it now. That's the beauty of this. Awareness is everything and there's no point in beating yourself up about what happened in the past Everybody has their issues. Nobody's perfect. You are a fallible, messy human being, just like the people that you are in relationships with. But all you can do is be more conscious of your behavior. Start to dig into your past and start picking apart where this may have started, how it's perpetuated in your relationships, and how now going forward, how are you going to put some space between these big feelings and your reactions and choose love. It's that simple so that's it for the free portion of this episode on the premium podcast feed we are going to be continuing and diving even deeper into these concepts we are going to be discussing the role that toxic shame plays into the fear of abandonment the five stages of abandonment and also discussing abandonment addiction and you'll be able to decide are you actually addicted to feeling abandonment and then lastly we're going to tie it all up with actual concrete exercises and steps and some resources i'll share with you so that you can really start practically healing the abandonment issues in your life So if you want to unlock all of this premium content and take all of these learnings to the next level and hear the rest of this episode, you can go to backfromtheborderline.com and become a premium subscriber that way, or you can click the link in the episode description of this podcast episode. So I hope to see you there and welcome you to the inner circle of my premium subscribers. But until next time, I love each and every one of you. And I hope you have an amazing week. And never forget that anyone, even you, can come back from the borderline.
2: Hold up?